today on The Breakdown. It's another one of them cash game hands where everyone's got so much money in front of them. Because, you know, if you don't show up with six figures, or in this case, the effective stack being $345,000, you might as well just go home, son. <laughs> this is the kind of hand where it's, a, it's from Live at the Bike. And Garrett Edelstein, one of our faves, is uh, playing. And he's going to flop a monster. But he's going to suddenly be in a very tricky, hard spot, even though he's got, well, he's flopped about as good as he could ever flop. And yet, still, super tricky, super hard. You don't want to get bluffed, but you sure don't want to make a terrible call. Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah. You made yourself laugh there. You made yourself yeah. laugh by, by saying your name is a question. <laughs> exactly. Saying the whole, yeah, and, and let's uh, let's help, let's cue, let's cue the audience in and me as to why yeah. is that funny. Let's <laughs> let's learn a little bit about the it's art because, of humor. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. Let me let me break it down for all you people. This is you know this is how George Carlin tells a joke. Okay, this is how how, how why Howie Mandel is so successful. Um, it's funny because we there's an expectation for my intonation and how I'm going to say that last bit right, which is always. Like a rocket ship's taken off, you know, with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. But instead, I subverted said expectation, made it into a question, which is weird and funny and unexpected. And most of humor is, you know, you reverse. You go in the other direction than what one, one would expect, you know. Until it becomes a trope and then it's problematic, right? Because the first time that they ever did it in a movie where there's a gunshot and then it turns out that the friend of the protagonist shot the bad guy... Like, instead of the, the protagonist getting shot the first time, that was probably a good, like, whoa, didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. But after the 10th or 12th time, now we're at the 5 millionth time, you, it is expected, even though it is trying to be presented as unexpected, right? So it no longer has the same sure. effect. Yeah, but for example, there's a, Mitch so, Hedberg, there's a Mitch Hedberg joke, right? Where he says, um, I haven't slept in 10 days. That would just be too long, right? Which yeah. is pretty clever, pretty great because you don't yeah. expect it even though you know it's a joke going in you still can't see where it's going because he does his mind is just different than a lot of people's right and so this is what that was my saying that was equivalent to Mitch Hedberg's best joke ever and oh I certainly there's no event if I kept if I kept saying well, like that yeah the 10th time it wouldn't be funny it probably wouldn't be funny the second time but it was funny the first time and that's why I laughed yeah burning expectations good enough there. Your memory is good enough to be sure that was the first time? It is, probably. Yeah. You know it's the first <laughs> time, and so do I. And, and you compared yourself uh, in the realm of comedy to Mitch Hedberg, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I okay. didn't just... No, I did not. I compared my, my, my current joke to his best joke, <laughs> which I claim so is that, a, that one about sleeping, which, I mean, I don't know if it is, but it's a good joke. No, it's, that's not his best joke. I don't that's know a quality is, joke. That that's a quality joke. He has many quality jokes. So do I. I have many quality openings. Right. Me and Mitch. All we're right, like, let's, hear, let's hear another joke. You're on the spot now. Let's hear a funny joke. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm saying he has got jokes. I've got quality openings, which are funny. With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. See, if I did that once, that would be funny too. <laughs> See? There okay. you go. All right. Good enough. Yeah, that's right. You come at me, I come right back. I push back. You dummy. 
By the way, Grant has so much hair these days, guys, because have you gotten a haircut once? No, I have not gotten a haircut Jeez. since February, probably. It's, it's, uh, it's the middle. I think it stopped growing. I think it stopped growing, actually. No, it's still growing. It's just growing, you know, very, very slowly. Like, if we came back in know. a year, you would not have this much hair. You'd have more hair, you know? Well, let's find out. Let's see what let's, let's last another year. Okay, it's, it's nearing the end of August, and it's scorchingly hot. It's been scorchingly hot. Is it not problematic to have that much hair for you, or you just have the air conditioning on all the time in your home? I mean, I have the air conditioning on set to a temperature that makes it comfortable. What do you mean by all the time? I have central air, buddy. Living the high life over here. I can say a temperature, and it goes to that temperature. Right, my but life, you man. could also just turn it. You could do. You, do you have that on at all times, no matter what, all day, every day? Do you understand what happens when? Do you understand what happens when you set a thermostat? Um, I mean, I think so. <laughs> so I'm not choosing when the air conditioning is on and off. I'm setting the thermostat to a number, and the air conditioning complies with that number. So, yeah. on hotter days, the air conditioning is on more. It has nothing to do with the amount of hair that cool. I have. So is the air conditioning on all the time this summer, which is what my question was, right? Wasn't that my question? Is that, is, how is that You're trying to, to make me hair? look dumb in front of the people, and I will not stand for it. I will not stand. I'm not how, stand. how is that related to my hair? I'm now feuding with you. I'm now no, feuding it, with explain. you. Explain, explain how that's related <laughs> to my hair. I was going to feud with Phil Hamuth. I was going to feud with Jungle Man. But now I'm going with you, buddy. How is it related yeah, to your hair? How is it related to your hair? I'm saying you might not need it to be a particular temperature. You might change the temperature if your hair wasn't so damn long that it makes everything hotter. Is that so I mean, hard? I never... Do I have to draw the freaking A to B for you? You're welcome. I'm feuding with you. Okay. Also, I think it's fair for me to, uh, to consider you not, not the brightest tool in the shed when it comes to like thermal conditioning of homes. I'm pretty sure... I've seen you turn things to like a higher degree number when you want it to get warm faster. That's yeah, not that's how happened. it works, man. That's happened at least once. Yeah. Yeah. So you, your, your authority on this matter is, is null. That's what I say. <laughs> and yes, we are feuding. <laughs> Clearly we're <laughs> fucking feuding. Well, so, so back to my original question. So you, what temperature do you have it at right now in your home? So, 75. And when your hair, if you were bald, what temperature would it be at? 75. Lies. Lies. So, you just, lie to, that, so you just lie to people now. That's 75 who you are. isn't that low. Yeah, 75 it's not is that low. Really hot. <laughs> it's 75 is really hot. Really hot. You put a turtle, in, you put a turtle in that place, <laughs> it's going to be dead in 10 minutes without, without a nice pool of cool water. What would you set the air conditioning to? Do you, you don't have like a thermostat for your air conditioning. Do you, you just have like an on off? No, of course I have a thermostat. Okay. So what do you set it to? I set it to, well, it depends. Usually 71. Okay. But just that's to, pretty, you know, what, what it works when it, when it cools everything down, it's pretty cold. <laughs> but it doesn't work. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is that, um, like we have different set. I can't believe this is too inside baseball for anyone to care about. We should not. Yes, it is. It's too much. <laughs> We finally crossed the line. But we're of like feuding. The, we're feuding. Yeah, it's the, about air conditioning. <laughs> we're not. We're feuding about the minute details of how my air conditioning is set up in the apartment that I'm currently living. It's not interesting to anyone. Let's not keep talking about it. It's just too. It's just too minute for anyone in the world. But I will say Fine. this: it's refuting. Fuck you, Grant. I'm coming after you, and I will end you. I will take your face, and I'll curb stop it, and then you'll be dead. Damn. You if think? You, 
Do you think that's how you win a feud? I just did like, win it. So no, yeah. See, you're you're coming out way too hot, man. It's <laughs> a lot more subtle than that. Like, you're you're just you're just gonna try all. The, you're, you're gonna be like uh, Muhammad. Yeah. Like I'm Muhammad Ali, and you're George Foreman. You're just like throwing throwing your arm out. Oh until, yeah. Until I'm just like, okay, I just dodged it, and then and then I, then I beat you. Who'd rather be? Who would you rather be? I'd rather be the guy who's still making money on the grill, bitches. Muhammad Ali's been dead forever. George Foreman wow. wins again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, he didn't even make that girl. He didn't invent that girl. He just lent his name to it. And he's made like, he's made like hundreds of millions of dollars. It's kind of crazy, really. How did that happen? So Yeah, weird. I mean, well, John, John Elway owns a series of car dealerships in, in Denver. Do you think he's actually ever sold a car? Okay. You just have to be famous. There's a little bit of a difference there, isn't it? How much money do you think John Elway makes for those series of car dealerships that he has something to do with versus George Foreman, who did not own the company, did not invent the, did not invent the grill. They just came to him as a marketer and said, hey, we want to put your name on this and we'll give you like 25% of the profit or whatever it is. And somehow that worked out unbelievably well to the point of like George Foreman like, you know, owns G6s and stuff like that. Multiple G6s that he has fly. He has pilots and he has them fly into each. The planes fly into each other for his own amusement and they explode. And the pilots are just know that their families are going to get taken care of. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. pretty rich. I know that's And you're Muhammad Ali. So who won that feud, buddy? Yeah, that's right. Victory right, once so again. We now have we now have point two in our feud. Point one is air conditioning styles and understandings. Yeah. Point two is that I believe that George Foreman is completely deserving of all of his wealth for the George Foreman grill. Wow. And he's a genius. What? And he's the greatest businessman <laughs> to ever live. Well, you are a moron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Let's stop feuding. Let's, right. let's uh, put it on hiatus for, for the rest of the episode. Uh, okay. I can do until it. we decide we want to again. I'll, I, can, uh, I can drop it. All right. But we, we'll feud later. We'll, you know. There will be at some point when you know we get to be in the same room together again. We'll have fisticuffs to end the feud. I'm going to punch right. you, and you won't see it coming. I'll just tell you that right now because I'm going to wait till you're. Turning, I also turn the other way. Guess what? I also won't feel it. <laughs> well, then because you're like a fly. <laughs> I thought we were putting the feud on ice. What the no, hell is that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm going to feud with Colin, who suggested this hand because yeah. he made us. He made us feud. Colin suggested this hand on Twitter. He included a YouTube link and a timestamp. Thank you, Colin. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Not feuding with you, Colin. Not right now, at least. Not until whatever the next thing you tweet at me is. Pisses me off. You got me all riled up, Levy. I'm going to feud with everybody. Go for it. It's good for the brand. Feuds are good. That's as, true. As we know, as everyone who's been listening to the show knows, we, we believe that very strongly. We never feud with anyone, but it's time to start. And you're number one, but the whole world is coming. I'm coming for all of you. <laughs> Here's the thing that you might not want to hear. You're, yeah. you're just practice feuding for me. It's too easy. <laughs> okay, Muhammad Ali. See, we're back. We got to stop. We got to. We got to. We got to tone it down and get to the hand. Because all right, it's never going to stop. Okay, focus. It's the live with the bike. It's the live with the bike million dollar cash game. Which I don't know. People just put the word million dollar in front of things, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Maybe it means that much money is on the table. I'm I not think sure. It, does. it has nothing to do with the buy in or anything like that. Um, but. It's a uh, 50, 100, 200 game. So there are three blinds, not a straddle. So it's a fourth, third blind. Yeah. We're going to start with the old, uh, the old standby. Garrett Edelstein, under the gun, has a billion dollars, or might as well. He has 345K in front of him. So, you know, way too much money for this yeah. game. But cool. He always has that. He's going to open two blackjacks to $600 under the gun. Cool. Folds to a player that we've never talked about before. I don't know who it is. Never seen him before. 
I assume based on what he's about to do that he's recreational. His name is Jackie. He's got 412K in front of him in the cutoff, and he's going to call with 10 of hearts, 8 of spades. I mean, that's that makes a, me think he's probably recreational. Yeah, more so than everything else is you're not hearing about him is that call feels yeah. highly recreational. Now, at least you could argue they're super insanely deep and he's got position, right? I mean, that's that's the best I got. That's but that's it's not good enough, probably. But it's like there's that's the one argument, right? For calling. Yeah. At least he's not like in the small blind with it or something. Like that's what it. what unsuited hand would you would you say is like, this is okay. It might be about, uh, it might be like a little bit beyond what I would do and maybe not advisable overall from a preflop strategy, but like, I, I'm not going to kill him for calling with this unsuited hand. When, like 10, oh. eight off is definitely too weak, but like, so where, where does the cutoff begin when you're this deep specifically? Yeah. I think if you actually call with 10, nine off, I think is the, is the line of like, it's probably barely okay. 10, nine, like yeah. Jack 10 feels like fine to me. Yeah. Um, so I think 10, nine, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking Jack 10 is like, clearly I would be like, okay, I can't kill you for that. And yeah. 9 10 is maybe I'll kill you for that, but I'm not sure yet. I'll have to yeah. think about it. That seems yeah. fine. 10 8 feels like just why. Yeah. Also, Basically he, why. he's opening under the gun. Like, what are we hoping for here, even? Come on. Can't we do better than this? Whatever. It's Garrett. He's good. Like, come on. At least we're crazy deep. Though. We're so deep, you could argue you could call almost every button with 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 like 60% of your hands or something like that, 65% of your hands because we're so insanely deep. Now, Jackie's not on well, the button, but... No, and also there's three blinds. So there are four oh, players left to act. Yeah. That makes it pretty bad. That does. Also, like, Andy's still in the hand. Andy hasn't acted yet. Andy's going to squeeze a lot. Like, this is a hand that obviously cannot handle any of that kind of heat. Dan Zach hasn't acted yet. Like, what are we doing? I think, yeah. um, I think like, this is a tough game, too. John Sin is in this game. Um... Ryan Fee is in this game. Matt Berkey is in this game, I think, as well. Like, this is just not the game to be calling with 10-8 off in this spot with all these people behind you. Well, some Tigers don't change their stripes, you know? Like, you, you're calling with in this game, you're calling it with it in any game, probably. This is how this guy plays. Yeah, clearly. Okay, fair enough. So he makes this call. So be it. Yep, he does. He's got a ton of money in front of him, so that's nice to have. Yep. It's nice mm-hmm. to have a lot of money in front of you. Dan Zach has a much more reasonable amount of money for the game. Some might even say a shortish stack, 34,000 uh, in the small blind. And he's going to flat the ace 10 off. What do you think about this? I'm honestly not in love with it. I mean, I, you have to really, if you think Garrett's under the gun range is super weak, I guess, and you think he's never folding to a three bet, maybe there's some reasonableness to calling here, I guess. But it seems like super marginal at best. Like, I'd way rather be on the button or be in uh, one of the bigger blinds um, or just have, be suited or be one pit better, meaning ace-jack. Like, ace-nine feels like a terrible call. Ace-ten feels like probably a bad call. Ace-jack feels like a perfectly fine call to me, even though I don't love even that, really. But I think it's completely defensible against Garrett's under-the-gun range. What do you think? Yeah, this is a bit surprising to me coming from Dan Zek, especially at his stack depth. Like, yeah. I, I very much respect his game, and I think he's a great player. But he's only got 50 bucks in there. Garrett raised to 600 under the gun. Dan's going to be out of position to the world for the whole hand. He's inviting Andy to come in in the third blind. He has the most invested with 200, and Andy's going to enter the pot a lot. So you're going to be out of position to Andy and Garrett and Jackie, who I don't know if it matters to be out of position to Jackie, but Andy and Garrett are going to sure. make your life hell. 
in a lot of in a lot of situations. And this this hand just doesn't flop well unless you flop a straight or trips or something. And trip aces isn't even that good against Garrett's under the gun range. I mean, I have to imagine, as Dan Zach, our plan is if we flop an ace against Garrett, unless some really stuff, funky stuff happens, we're just not going to fold it. Like, that's going to yeah. have to be the plan, right? Because otherwise, it's really bad to call here. Like, we're going to have to hang on with top pair most of the time. But I don't know. I would just want... I, I would dump this hand. I think or three-bet this hand. And probably dump it mostly, because Garrett opened yeah. under the gun. Me too. But maybe maybe Dan, like, I don't know how Dan assesses his, himself compared to players like Andy and Garrett. Yeah. I don't have a big enough sample size of viewing to truly understand what their skill levels are and, and who's better. Andy and Garrett are clearly very good and do a lot of things very well. Mm-hmm. My personal feelings are that Dan Zach is better than they are. He has a little bit more analytical thought behind his decisions. And maybe he thinks his edge is big enough that this is okay. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe he's actually not sad about Andy potentially coming in either because Andy is so maniacal that if they get post-flop, like the same kind of a thing, if Dan Zach flops top pair, he may just be like, go ahead, Andy, like raise all you want, lose your mind, do crazy things. I'm just not going to fold, like whatever, you know, and like, you know, and maybe, so maybe he almost doesn't, maybe he doesn't mind it being even more. Andy's coming in probably either way a lot because there's already a flat, right, and it's cheap. But as opposed to three-betting to isolate Garrett, uh, some of the time, like, I don't know. I'm just making things up, trying to find ways to justify this, quite frankly. Yeah. Do, would your assessment of uh, Dan's skill level be the same as mine or similar to mine versus Andy and Garrett's? I would say that, uh, and again, this is just based on the hands we've seen, which is not, it's not really fair. But sure, based on what we've seen, I would guess that Andy is number three out of, of these three in terms of skill level. Um, mm-hmm. My take is, yeah, I think Dan is probably number one, but it's a little harder to know. I think yeah. Garrett is also pretty darn thoughtful. Um, but I think I would rank them one, two, three, Andy, Garrett. Sorry, Dan, Garrett, Andy, I think. But if you, if you made a strong case or someone made a strong case for Garrett being number one, I'd be like, yeah, you could be right. But I can't yeah. imagine Andy being better than either one of these guys based on the hands that I've seen. Sure. Anyway, speaking of Andy, the big blind folds. Andy's in the third blind with 200 invested, and he's going to make the call with ace four off. Seems yeah. totally reasonable and fine. Yep. All right. So the pot is now $2,700. Yeah. The flop is incredibly good for Garrett Adelstein. Is jack of diamonds, three of clubs, six of hearts. He has flopped the nuts with top set. Nobody else has anything at all, though. That's the bad news. Right. That is so too bad. Somehow Garrett figures this out or decides it's the case often enough that he checks. Mm-hmm. So it goes check, check, and then Garrett checks. Let's talk extensively about this check, Jonathan. Begin. <laughs> um. We're four-handed. The ranges are wide and wacky. Uh, we flop top set when we're crazy, crazy deep. It's surprising me that Garrett checks. I understand that this isn't a board that he necessarily has a range advantage on, even with under the gun against three other players. This is a board he's going to check a lot. But when we flop the nuts, that should probably be in our... We're probably not betting this board very much. We're probably betting it a little bit as a bluff. Um, and a little bit for value instead of checking 100%. And this would be one of the hands to bet, I would think, especially when we're four-handed against guys who are absolutely calling with middle pair and other lots of things. You know, they're going to call with gut shots, especially when we're this deep. I'm really, really surprised Garrett doesn't bet. I think, um, I think he's probably betting a lot of value here, and he's just not including top set because the board is so dry and it is so hard for his opponents to have hands that can continue easily. As we see, they don't. Uh, like I think over mm-hmm. pairs are much more natural bets here because we don't block top pair. We can get a lot more value more frequently. So that maybe that's the thought process. 
It might be. But, like, if Andy has a three, he's calling. If Jackie has a six, he's calling, right? If Dan has pocket sevens, he's calling. Like, there's a lot of... there's a. This isn't like a tournament where everyone's 40 blinds deep and there's huge ICM implications and people are being going to play super tight post-flop. These guys don't do that. So if they're going to, if they're going to splash around, I would think this board, well, you're right. It's a very dry board. There's going to be gut shots. There's going to be pairs. People might take a shot at you anyway, because of the potential perceived range advantage from the big blind or, or range neutralness of the board. At least I don't know what I, I like betting, but I, I see the, the other side of it, like what you're saying too. Terms of being super. I mean, the, the gut shots are deuce four, deuce five, four seven, and five seven. Yeah. Those are not the most likely hands. Um, well, Jackie can have a few of those suited. I don't know if Dan can have any of them. Obviously, Andy can have a lot of them, right? Yeah. But they have like sixes, they have threes, they have pocket pairs between sixes and jacks, these guys, right? Yeah. Sometimes they have a jack. Sometimes they have two back doors. Sometimes they're going to make a play at you. It's Andy. Andy's in the hand. Why wouldn't we want to give me? I just want to throw chum in the water as much as possible when Andy's in the hand. Personally, yeah. no, I get it. I get it. But I guess, maybe uh, there's a, maybe there's a balance thing going on here for Garrett, where he just he just knows forehand that he's just not betting this board almost ever, ever, ever. And like you're saying, by block with with top set, he's blocking top pair, which is like he'd rather, maybe he's doing it with middle set and not top set, where he's going for value if he's picking a few hands. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so the three players do check to Jackie, who is in position with the 10-8 off. He's got nothing going for him except for a backdoor straight draw. Um, should he take a shot at this on this dry board when these three players have checked? We know I that like Dan, Dan and Andy don't have the initiative, so they could easily have something. Exactly. But Garrett checked, too. That's a big deal. Yeah, Garrett checking would make me think that Garrett probably doesn't have much, and I would think usually he doesn't. Uh, but because we have Dan and Andy still to act, like, I'm not interested in betting this. Like, I want to bet with some equity. And one backdoor straight draw only is not enough equity, especially as an undercards to the jack. I'm just checking this personally, if I'm Jackie. It wouldn't occur to me to bet this. Like, I need a yeah. little more. Well, Jackie decided he can rep a jack, which is true. He certainly can. Absolutely. And he does, and he does bet. He bets 1300 and 2700 Dan folds, Andy folds, back to Garrett. What are you doing if you're Garrett and you've taken this line so far? <sighs> it's tough, right? This is part of the problem with taking this line. If we raise now, we're representing a lot of strength. Now, we're Garrett. We've got a weird image, so maybe we can get away with that. But, like, we might fold out everything that isn't top pair or better if we check raise, and we block almost all of that. So that's tough. Um, but if we check call, how are we going to make this pot big enough with a hand as strong as it is? It's like hard to do that too, right? So maybe like the middle card will pair, you know, maybe. So that'd be cool if the six pairs and Jackie has a six, we can check raise the turn or something. But like there aren't very many instances where we can build this pot up. I almost want to just check raise right now and make it look like I'm a crazy person because I'm Garrett. But I don't know if that's a good idea because I think we're usually going to lose our customer, which is why I like betting, by the way, instead of checking in the first place. One of the reasons. All this is true, but at the same point, it's not exactly Garrett's fault. Like, no matter what you do on this board with top set, it's tough to think of scenarios where you actually get to put a lot of money in. Yeah, that's true. The difference is, um, if we just bet the flop instead of checking, we're going to, I think there's going to be some natural calls which get to a turn, which is going to, for some people, open up some equity and then they're going to stick around to the river at least, you know, or maybe make a play at us because they pick up a back door or, you know, they pick up an actual flush draw or something. You're right, though. It's incredibly hard to get paid if no one has a very strong hand when we do. 
anyway right. on this board. The only strong hands available are the last jack in the deck with a good kicker or sets of threes and sixes. You could argue like four or five is at least a, is a strong draw, right? But that's like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Six three suited. That's it. There's not much there. Anyway, Garrett calls and okay. kind of looks like he has pocket nines or something. Yeah, that's that's the coolest reason to call is like we're definitely hardcore underrepping our hand beyond hardcore. Yeah, we are. So we could have, we, we could have like Garrett's ace, queen of hearts also with two back doors and stuff, you know. Yeah, maybe we could have some of that, especially if Jackie has a reputation. I don't know if Jackie has a reputation at this point, but we can yeah. see from this hand Jackie's wide. Jackie takes shots. Maybe Garrett knows that. And that's another reason he doesn't check raise that Jackie has a lot of bluffs here. Yeah. That's fair. If you want to have a lot of bluffs, Nitrogen Sports Poker is the place to do it, Jonathan. Transition. We're transitioning. And one place I don't have a feud with anyone is on Nitrogen Sports Poker Grant. Because right, that's because where they, they, they inject you with serotonin as soon as you log on. And it's just really hard to be mad at people when yeah. you're ODing on serotonin. Yeah, it's so much. It's actually uh, it's a bit of a health thing, actually. A bit of a health issue. But feels great. Yeah. And you know what? If it feels good, I say do it. <laughs> that's a great philosophy, and that's the, the philosophy of nitrogen sports. If it feels good, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin only site. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, maybe we should take it a little more seriously, the ad, for once. Uh, so, nah. you know, they have poker. They have sports betting. They have casino games. They have our monthly tournament, Grant, which does feel good, and you should do it because there's no downside. That's the thing about nitrogen sports. It's like all the serotonin with none of the serotonin in it. You know what I mean? All the good stuff, none of the bad stuff. It's like honey, not sugar. What? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like agave. Uh, Yeah. What's the matter? No, yeah, it's it's like agave. Yeah. It's like the agave. That's what people say. (laughs) The agave of online sports betting and poker sites. Nitrogen so if you, ferment it, if you ferment it with some other ingredients, you could make a nice tequila. That's what you're saying. I don't know. Can you do that with agave? Tequila has agave in it, yes. Yeah. Well, then I suppose so. You can do many things with agave, so sure. I mean, you can spill it on your carpet and have a real problem. Like, whatever. Your, your point is great. I'm feuding with you again. No, keep it together. The ad. The ad. <laughs> <laughs> so our monthly poker tournament. It costs a tenth of a millibit Bitcoin wise, which these days is like a dollar ten or something. It depends on the day. You know how the price of Bitcoin is. Uh, they guarantee a thousand buy-ins, which is a thousand millibits. No, can't be a hundred millibits. That makes more yes. sense. A thousand millibits, a is, thousand a millibits is a big is a Bitcoin. That's yeah. a that's a lot of guarantee for an every month tournament. Um, but it's still a pretty darn big guarantee. It's a hundred millibits guarantee. That's a thousand buy-ins. We cap the registrations at 300 for unknown reasons, except they're terrible at business. Uh, but that's great for you, and it's great for us, because there, it means there's always incredible value. We usually get like 180, 200 players. It's a massive overlay. It's almost like a free roll, except it costs like a dollar to play. It's crazy not to play it. you got to sign up using the link in the description of this podcast to have even access to that. And by the way, other cool things which you can get. We're going to be doing a survivor pool for the NFL, which... Uh, by the time you hear this, I'm sure it'll be on Twitter and you can sign up for that. But you have to have signed up using our link in the description to even have access to stuff like that, too. It's just more free money. It doesn't cost anything to play. It's pretty sweet. All right, Levy, I got a bone to pick with you, and it's this. Hit me. You ready? You ready? Yeah. I think you did a really thoughtful and good job describing the values of nitrogen sports. Oh, 
Yeah. Why did you think, uh, like, why did people assume that all bones that are picked are negative? <laughs> what? Because isn't it I uncomfortable? I picked a positive bone. <laughs> I think it's uncomfortable to pick a bone. You're picking a bone. It's uncomfortable. It's like, it's something sharp. It's like picking your bone. That's how I take it. What do you think you're picking a bone out of like a, a cauldron? I got a bone to pick with you. I'm going to pick this bone out of this cauldron. <laughs> yeah, I picked, out, oh. I picked out of the nice cauldron. Oh. I guess I was, I certainly didn't consider that. And I was waiting for the hammer to drop. Well, well thank you. Thank you for yeah, picking that bone. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm winning the feud because I'm the nice guy. Bam! Champion. All right, pot's $5,300. Okay. And uh, Garrett's got top set. He's got two jacks, two black jacks, and a jack of diamonds, three of clubs, six of hearts board. Jackie, the aggressor with nothing has bet on the flop with 10-8 offsuit. No backdoor flush draw of any kind, obviously, because it's offsuit. Turn is the deuce of hearts. It does bring a second heart. The board now reads jack 3-6 with one heart, deuce of hearts being the second heart on the turn. Garrett is going to check. Do you advocate for a lead, though? Oh, um, interesting. I don't know, man. I don't even know. I mean, I, th- I think we should probably keep checking. Like, if Jackie's bed bluffing, we might as well let Jackie have another shot at bluffing. If Jackie has a, a mediocre hand, we probably can't get three streets of value no matter what we do anyway. Uh, a lead might just fold out too much of air. And even weak hands that were, you know, had a little something going on, like two back doors that aren't coming in, you know. I don't know. I, I think I like a check. Keep, yeah, keep the I story agree. going. I agree. Okay. And if you're Jackie, my, my initial hit is Jackie is that you got to keep going. You got to bet again and rep like Queen Jack plus because it does look like Garrett has something like two nines. Yeah. And we should try to fold him out, I think. Well, once. You, yeah. Now agree? that we're here, I agree with you. I would really love to have some equity of any kind. I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't have started this without any. But now that we're here, we've actually folded out the two, the two people we were more concerned about based on how the story was going you know, on the flop, right? The two guys who we didn't know anything about, yeah. we had no information from, really. Um, Garrett looks like, like you said, has either two nines or a hand like ace-queen of hearts or ace-queen of whatever. I made up hearts. Hearts is a bad one. We aren't going to fold out hearts, right? Because a second heart comes. But ace-queen of clubs, ace-queen of diamonds, whatever. Maybe even just ace-queen. Those hands are going to fold a lot on the turn. So I think we absolutely should, like, we, we're, we're here now. Let's go for it. Also, we can rep. We can rep four or five. We can absolutely have yeah. four or five as played. So yeah, we, I think could, it, this is this is a good bluffing card. So it, it's really hard to believe Garrett can have four or five based on how he played this hand. Now it's hard to believe yeah. he can have top set also, but four or five right. even more so. Yep. So Jackie is going to bet. I like it. This yeah, is me a good too. decision by Jackie. Bets thirty six hundred into fifty three hundred. Cool. All right. As Garrett, what are we doing? Are we considering raising now? This is another, yet another one of the problems with taking this line from the flop, right? Is now, well, four or five got there, and it would really suck to raise and get three bet because we probably can't fold because we're so insanely deep to a three bet. We're just going to blow it a pot, which we're only going to win like 20% of the time if indeed Jackie has four or five. If he doesn't have four or five, he might fold a lot anyway when we're blocking top pair unless he has like a set or something like that himself. Uh, I don't think we should raise here. I agree. It's just we really don't want there to be like a, another heart to come on the river or any sort of five or four. Yeah, would be a bad card as well. Um, but but the, I think overall the merits of calling outweigh the merits of raising. 
I think so. Also, the board can pair on the river, and we might be able to get a sweet check raisin on the river. Right? Yeah. That would so, be nice. And, and, you know, depending on what the river is and how Jackie sizes, assuming Jackie bets again, of course. Now, we know Jackie... Well, we know Jackie has nothing at all here, but, like, uh, if Jackie sizes, like, kind of smallish on the river on a safe card for us, we might decide we can raise anyway. You know? If Jackie yeah. size is really big, we might decide we can only call. And be like, boy, yeah. I hope you don't have a set because that's going to be really annoying that I, that I didn't get any more money in, you know? But if you have four or five, I feel like a genius. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it would really suck for Garrett if, if the board paired like a six came on the river and Garrett check raised and got three bet big. Like, that's actually not a good spot, but you have to call. Yeah, you, still, it's like, you have to hope Jackie's got like th- six three or three three and is overplaying it. Right. But you, you're yeah. right. Jack six suited or something crazy and it like blocks all the strong stuff. So. Just and it's just overplaying it. Absolutely. Well, I think the call is the right move. That's what Garrett thinks too. Yeah. He makes the call. Pot is now twelve thousand five hundred U.S. dollars. The river is the nine of hearts. So third heart now comes jack yeah. of diamonds, three of clubs, six of hearts, deuce of hearts, nine of hearts. Jackie is more likely to have hearts than Garrett, but I suppose Garrett has some hearts. Maybe he would lead or check raise with hearts on the turn, though, if he had two back doors on the flop. I don't know. What I do would you think? think? I would think he would a lot, but maybe not always. Um, they're so insanely deep. Maybe also he gives himself a little bit more room to just call with some of those hands sometimes. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, like you said, Jackie clearly has more hearts anyway. Also, Garrett opening under the gun, he's not going to have just, he's just not going to have as many hard combos anyway, starting with, let alone getting here this way, right? Yeah. So, Garrett does check again. Yeah. Probably makes sense, right? I mean, it's not a good run out. I general. mean, I guess we could lead and hope not to get raised, but that seems crazy at this point. Like, it's this whole hand from Garrett's point of view has got to feel just like a bit of a disaster. Like, I flop so strong, we're so deep. And I'm going to make like the minimum now or lose or let him get there. And I mean, fine if he gets there, I guess, but it just feels like uh, I can't really raise now again, depending on sizing, I guess, but well, sizing is going to be the thing. Yeah. Jackie's going to go for it. But before we talk about his sizing, okay. let's ask the question, should Jackie go for it? It's in there with 10 high. I kind of think Jackie should go for it for all the reasons we've been talking about. It still looks like Garrett has mostly pocket tens here, right? Hands like that. Hands yeah. underneath the jack, above the six that are holding on. It sort of is a bit of a nightmare run out for those hands, right? Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. We have a heart in our hand as Jackie. We absolutely could have gone backdoor hearts. That's not crazy. We could have four or five for sure. From Jackie's point of view, we ace jack might be good enough to win this hand. You know, he could be repping ace jack here too. Now, it depends on how he sizes it, of course. But I think we absolutely should go for it. I would think Garrett's going to fold a lot of his range that's that's been stationing us. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, he's especially going to fold a lot of that range when Jackie sizes it like he does because Jackie bets twice the pot exactly, yeah. 25K into 12,500. He's definitely yeah. not repping ace jack at this point. No. He's repping... Like the, I question if he's repping four or five at this point. Yeah, me too. It feels like he's just repping a flush. Four or five feels like it's too much to bet. Like, how, what are you supposed to get called by? I guess a set. Maybe you can get called by a yeah. set. But, but you don't really think Garrett ever has a set. So how's that going to work? Right. I guess he could have river a set of nines. Right? Yeah, but very much. Okay, like, fine. 
Yeah, two X the pot. It feels like he's. It feels like he's trying to basically say you can't even consider calling with two tens here, buddy. Like you can't even consider it. The problem is that now he's telling a story that's less likely than his other potential stories that he could tell by betting smaller. He's telling the story of backdooring hearts, which yeah. is not as believable as a lot of other things. Yeah. Although it's possible, certainly. It's not as likely. Yeah. Maybe he's, tr- he's... I think he's trying to tell the story of he also has four or five. I think he is trying to, but I don't know that it's a great story for all the reasons we've been talking about, right? It's just well, like... It's too much. You could talk yourself into saying that that story is good enough if you're Jackie because... Garrett would not likely play hearts this way most yeah. of the time. Like he would either lead or check raise the turn a lot of the time. If you had lot. two back doors in the flop, he would lead the river with some frequency to make sure a bet goes in on the river because it's a scary run out for a lot of, a lot of hands. Um, so I don't think it's absurd to say you have four or five, but I don't know. Two X the pot. Maybe it is. It's, it's, it's close. It's just hard to think of what hands can call you that are playing it this way from Garrett's point of view. Like when you bet that much, it's a really strange decision to bet this much if he has value because Garrett's played his hand in a way that looks like two tens, right? Yeah. So it's like, why are you betting so much for value? It seems crazy unless you think Garrett's just going to hero you. Now, Garrett is capable of making some hero calls. We've seen him do it. So maybe it's not completely insane, but I don't know. Uh, I'm surprised. I think I, I like the idea of bluffing. I'm surprised he chooses this sizing. Even if you wanted to overbet the pot, I don't know why you need to bet this much. Because I just I don't it's it's a weird funky story we're telling now. Even if we even if we made nut hearts somehow, what are we hoping to get called by that we're betting two x the pot? I mean, we don't have to call, yeah, call that often. Admittedly, you know, to to have it be profitable compared to like a three quarters pot bet, but still, what are we hoping to get called by? Right. Then the problem with with betting so much is like nut hearts turn out to be a lot of your hearts here because you might be a little bit afraid of of the nut flush of Garrett's if you had a, a weaker flush because Garrett mostly only has the nut flush if he has a flush, right? Like when he check calls, mm-hmm. he's going to have some showdown value on the flop. And that usually means the nut flush draw rather than a different flush draw. Maybe he could have like King queen of hearts, but uh, you'd expect some showdown value. Maybe you could have like Jack. No, it can't be Jack nine of hearts. Could he ever have like Jack 10 of hearts and think like, I don't want to bet into three other players with, this weak top pair and some back doors and then turns hard, turn goes hard, hard. Yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I, do you like the bet by Jackie? Do you like the sizing? I don't. Um, I just don't know why we need to make it that big. I think the story is questionable. I think, a, I think a sizing of like, there's what, how much is in the pot? 12,500. We can really size it up and still basically fold out pocket tens. I think with a bet of like, Probably 11,000, but certainly like 14,000, I think it's going to do the trick. What do you think? Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think we're losing too much when we're getting called. Now, I don't know. Does it make a difference against pocket jacks? 14,000 versus 25,000? Because now Garrett's got a decision. Like, yeah. how, how do you go about this as Garrett? This is clearly, clearly we're not beating any value. We don't expect Jackie to have a set of sixes right now. No, and, and actually, if Jackie bets 14,000, maybe he can have a set of sixes sometimes still, right? Yeah. So, in that, so actually, against this particular hand, or this slice of Garrett's super strong value, this is the time when it actually may matter a little bit, right? Garrett doesn't have yeah. an insta-call here, and in fact, he goes into a bit of a tank, right? Um, now, at the same point, like, is top set ever really going to fold, like, for, even for 2x the pot? I mean, is it really? Like, it seems... It's, not, not that I think Jackie's attacking that part, but if... I guess, yes, we're now Garrett sets have at least a thought 
two pair has a, has to think about it, right? You can't you can't just insta call with a hand like that. So that's something. So what do you what is he thinking about when he's sitting there tanking? He's thinking, okay, what is Jackie repping, and is it reputable? And I guess he would probably go through the thought process that we just went through, thinking, mm-hmm. okay, it's mostly just hearts. Yeah. I guess it, the question would be, what do we know about Jackie? Like, could he have like any two hearts that he would play? Would he bet any two hearts on the flop because it's checked to him? As we see, he probably would. Yeah. Because he bet the the no equity hand, so. He doesn't necessarily have to have two backdoors. He might just have to have one backdoor or just two cards in his hand. So mm-hmm. maybe he could have hearts. Now, if that's the case, he might be bluffing with a lot of combos, too. Exactly. That, that evens it out, if not makes it way more in favor of calling. Agreed. That, that's, I mean, there's that. Um, I think we're talking about, like, what is Garrett's thought process here, right? Um, yeah. I think one of the things we have to be really aware of is we have two blackjacks. So we don't have a heart in our hand, which feels like that matters a bit, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Jack, you Jack, could easily have Jack 10 of hearts himself. Sure, or Queen Jack of hearts, or Jack X of hearts, really. There's a bunch of heart combos that, Jackie, it completely makes sense for him to play this entire way like this, right? Yeah. Ace Jack of hearts, like, fits perfectly. It tells a right. great story. Uh, where he can absolutely bet the turn, for sure, with that hand, and then he could bomb the hell out of the river. Again, I question it, what are we really hoping to get called by? But, but he could. Like with the nuts here, for sure. Um, and he could do it with, I think, weaker hearts that aren't super weak, like Jack X of hearts and better. He could decide to do that. I don't know if he really is, but he could decide to. So not having the Jack of hearts sort of sucks a little bit as Garrett. A little bit. Yeah, it does. Um, Distribution-wise, I don't know what to think. Be, like when I'm trying to beat Garrett in this thought process because he played the hand quite passively. I don't know how many hands he's playing passively on this board. It's possible that Distribution-wise, this is like the very top. It's yep. also possible that Garrett does have a decent amount of flushes as played. It's possible that he will check call the turn with backdoored hearts. I don't know. He's not going to have that many, even if he's doing that, though, right? Like, he just doesn't yeah. have that many combos of hearts here, almost no matter what. Because he opened under the gun that he's going to decide to check call flop with. Like, maybe some of the, maybe the ace-queens of hearts of the world, maybe sometimes he'll do that with. That's not entirely crazy. But, like... I don't know, like seven, eight of hearts. Is that even possible to have here? I guess it is. Um, is he really just going to check call that on the flop? I don't really buy it, you know. Um, and then, by the way, check call also, the turn. Yeah, check call the turn also. Just seems yeah, like. It seems... So I don't think we have. I, I think top set of jacks is pretty high up there for us is what I'm getting at, you know, like really high yeah. up. Like, and we have a lot of hands that we're holding on up until here. So even if we have a bunch of flushes, which I don't think we do, but even if we do, we have a lot of other hands too that made it to the river, like a lot, right? Like right. a bunch of like medium pocket pairs, maybe some weaker jacks, maybe worse sets even possibly, you know, some two pair stuff that has at least turned into two pairs, a set of nines, pocket tens, pocket eights, pocket sevens. There's a lot of hands here. Jacks is better than everything except the flushes really. That we can show up with, I think. Well, maybe Garrett can have four or five also because he plays weird. You know? Maybe. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. But it would only be four or five suited, right? Yeah. So there's four combos of it at, at most. And he wouldn't play them all this way. So maybe he can have like two combos of four or five. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, I don't know if he can have any, though. But maybe he can. Because yeah. he, like you said. So <laughs> it is high in the distribution. It may or may not be the top of the distribution. If it's the top, you should probably call. Well, I mean, that's not always the case, but... 
I think really clearly, if we have the jack of hearts in our hand, it's like we're clearly, if we're not at the top, we're right at the top. We're so close yeah. to it. It's kind of a no-brainer call. Like that, yeah. blo- that blocking hearts, key card blocking heart feels like makes it really easy. Um, my guess is, I mean, are we saying we'd rather have pocket tens with the 10 of hearts than top set of jacks? I don't feel that way. Yeah, what if, what if Jackie does have a set of sixes? Exactly. What if he does play a set of sixes this way? What if he has like a weird two-pair hand and he's trying to get value out of like kings or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. No, this guy is weird. Look at the decisions he made on every street. He's making some strange calls here, right? And not calls, like strange, strange um, decisions, though. Yeah. And I would guess we should know that as Garrett, that he's capable of this. Now, maybe he's normally buttoned up and he's just lost his mind this one hand. And then that's pretty unlucky for us. But I would think, like, I would guess top set is just too good. There's some hands that are just too good to fold, you know? Yep. Now, of course, you don't have to call with nearly as much of your distribution as usual when the bet is twice the pot. Right. Still, this has to be really high up. And I think Garrett must be really weighing the not having the jack of hearts factor because he actually folds. He ends up folding. I got to believe he would have called if he had the jack of hearts. I have to I got to believe now, yeah. I mean, the other big question is, is, is Jackie capable of bluffing here? And what's the bottom of his value range? Those are like the other two really important questions. Now, we know he's absolutely capable of bluffing. But let's assume as Garrett, we don't know that. Right? Because okay. if we thought he was capable of bluffing, we just have to call with this hand. Right? Yeah. Like kind of automatically, we just have to call. Because we've checked, we've checked called every street. We've underrepped our hand dramatically. We just have to, we just have to call. Um, so we think, he, we think he only has value... If we think of what's the bottom of his value range, we might reasonably conclude that he doesn't have sixes here or, and that he only has hearts. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I guess you could make a great fold and it's not so crazy. Well, instead, it's not such a great fold. No. He gets, and I believe, I believe Jackie showed the eight of spades after Garrett folded. I believe he did, which is so that's just a like... Ouchie. That's... That sucks if you're Garrett. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. really sucks. You know, it's almost forty thousand dollars. You don't get to, uh, you don't get to have. That's yep. that's really too bad. But you know, that's the beauty of poker, man. So, so Garrett now knows that Jackie's capable of bluffing. How does Garrett? I mean, they, Jackie's on live at the bike. I've seen Jackie before. Is Jackie really this tight that Garrett can just go check call, check call, check fold? When like, I mean, nothing about this hand tells me that Jackie is tight. Right. So is Garrett. Okay. Here's a, here's a second question. So we saw Garrett play a hand against Andy where Andy had like Jack eight off or Jack seven off or something like that. Garrett made the nut flush on the river, but the board was paired. Andy check raised all in for more than pot and Garrett folded the nut flush. And at the time we thought, I remember saying this pretty strong. I'm almost certain you were in agreement with me. That, like, you just can't make that fold against Andy because he's always going to make the play with blockers. And so is Garrett, by the way. Um, is it possible that Garrett actually just is overfolding in really big spots? Like, because when people put a lot of chip, throw a lot of chips his way, you know, meaning like bet really big on the river, he's just overfolding that spot. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So the very thing he tries to take advantage of is also potentially a weakness of his. Potentially. Potentially. That's interesting. Well, well, Jackie gets to get away with that one, but I got to believe Jackie can get hurt real easily in a game like this when he's got 400K in front of him and he's going to make decisions like this. Yeah. It's interesting, too, that, like, Garrett decides... I know it's 2x the pot, but Garrett decides not to hero, like... It isn't like Jackie... The pot was huge and Jackie bet 200K on the river, 
you know, it was 200K into 100K. And it's actually like kind of a big moment for Garrett. You know, Garrett's got money, but like a 200K bet on the river is clearly a lot for him, right? We've seen him yeah. like, it's 25K, which Garrett basically like, you know, pays, like he, his toilet paper costs 25K. I know this. I've spent a lot of time following him around in grocery stores and stuff. And then there, there's a section of the grocery store that's like only available to certain people where they have $25,000 toilet paper? First of all, no, absolutely not. Everyone's allowed to, you know, walk by it. And it's not only available. It's not exclusive. You just, no one can afford it. Like, okay. is, is, is a Lamborghini only available to certain people? That is unbelievable that you would say that. It depends on if it's like a limited release, you know? Yeah, but we're talking scarcity. about 25K toilet paper. We're not talking about a limited release, you know, Ferrari, bro. It's toilet paper. You're, you're, I think we're, I, I think this is a good time to end the podcast. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time.